Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Urias to Adamas. Call strike three. The Dodgers win. Finally, the wait is over. The Dodgers are the champions of 2020 in a year like no other where joy has been so hard to come by. Tonight, tears of joy. Let them flow. The curse of 88 is 88 and out the gate. And the Dodgers are celebrating out in the middle of the field. The Dodgers for the first time since 1988. 32 seasons are the champions of baseball. Dodgers win their seventh World Series title. That's Charlie Steiner from his living room. What a weird year. See that? He he was in his living room, really? Yeah. You didn't see. There was a big feature. I don't know who wrote it. Uh, But there was a big feature about how he's diabetic and he's 71 and he talked to his doctor. He's 71 already. Yeah. And he talked to his doctor, who's a huge Dodger fan. He says, do I want you on the call? Absolutely. Is your doctor, what do I think you should do? No, never, no way. You can't. You're doubly at risk. Yeah, and so he that. told I the Dodgers. He would have gone to the stadium, though. What? I thought he would have gone to the stadium. Well, he told the Dodgers, um, "Hey, my doctor says I really shouldn't." And whatever vice president is over him said, "No, nah, I want you on the call. We're figuring this out." And so they had a picture of him calling a game in his living room, and he's sitting on the sofa. And there's a coffee table with all the notes, and there's like multiple monitors. He has like the game monitor, but I, I think there was another one that like had the bullpen okay, okay, or something. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean they hooked him up. He had a studio in his house. <laughs> Dodgers win the World Series for the first time since, apparently, 1988. PK, the sixth inning, was the whole game. And who was right in the middle of it? Austin Barnes in Arizona State grad. And Mookie Betts. Big double. (laughs) Scoring from third on the ground ball. (laughs) Hitting the home run for the insurance run in the eighth. They talk about the five-tool player. I'm surprised he didn't get the MVP. I mean, Corey Seager, who I think is the best shortstop in the game, if I had one pick to take. As shortstop, I know those other guys, Bias in Chicago, Anderson for the White Sox, uh, but I, I mean, I'm biased. I'm, I'm a Dodger fan, have been for a long time, and I watch them as any chance I get and listen to them on the radio. I got their app, uh, so I think he's a great player. But but Betts is just Betts. Betts can beat you in so many different ways, man. Yep. He's just amazing. And he had a big hand in the game one win. He had a big oh, hand in sure. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he did Great mention in a post-game interview, well, I was over yesterday. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, one he, bad day. He, but it, he, I don't think he hit as well as he was capable of, but he can do so many different things. Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch. Yep. So the series goes to the Dodgers, and as you mentioned, Seager is the MVP. The Dodgers are already have already been installed as the favorite to repeat in 2021. Uh, Dodgers 1, Yankees 2, Padres 3 are the favorites for next oh, year. Oh, that's nice. What do you think? Though? I mean, obviously Cash with the controversial decision to take out Snell in the fifth inning when he was cruising. And, you know, they were going through the lineup the third time. And the other two times he'd struck out the top three guys, which obviously are Betts, Seager, and Turner. They were 0 for 6. And, and Cade 
All I'm, six times. I'm old school leave them in. I, you know, it's kind of like something has to go wrong before you take a guy out. So uh, you want Cash to do something different than, than what he's Yeah, done. I know. And see, that's the thing is that I don't follow the Rays all year, so then they're telling me, well, this is it. This guy doesn't pitch. He's awesome, but he doesn't usually pitch that deep into games. And then the thing I read in the post game that I didn't know at the time, and maybe they said it and I just missed it, um, was that he was losing velocity, and they knew that. Well, he has a record 21 consecutive starts where he did not go through the sixth including every single start this season. And we want to crack on cash. And I don't have any problem cracking on him because it didn't work. I mean, that's the way it goes. Right. It didn't work. But it worked in game two. But the real problem in this game is that was your plan really you were only going to score one run? I mean, they scored one run. So, sure, any any pitch, any decision by a manager to switch pitchers, it's all but, – but if you know before the game that you're only scoring one run, you know you're in trouble. But that's two different things, though. It is, but I just don't feel like they lost because of the pitching change. And I get that's when they lost the lead, and that's when the two runs came in. But we were talking about this yesterday that it seemed like – the Rays should be a heavy favorite in Game 6 because the Dodgers are going to do a bullpen game. Well, they had seven guys. Nobody uh, nobody pitched more than two and a third innings. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they give up one run on, what was it, five hits? Yeah, one run on five hits. So the Rays pitching, the Rays bullpen, which everybody thinks is really good, just didn't, it get, really it, good. Just didn't get it done. Well, I mean, it is really good. They gave up uh, a couple of hits, but yeah. it is really good. But the Dodger bullpen was better. Yes. And the Dodger lineup, we've all agreed, was better than the Rays lineup. And I think that, as you say, you know, that, that pitching thing, that's controversial. But what really lost the game, and, you know, you don't really lose the game on any singular thing there. And I'd have to say that the Rays' inability to hit Dodger bullpen is, is a significant, if not just as much a factor as the other thing. So I agree with you there. And the Mookie Betts acquisition is just massive. You can literally go through these six games and say, if he's not there, what happens? Well, it's a no-brainer. He's yeah. a, who's the best player in the American League. Uh, I know. He's got out. an MVP award, and he's available, and he's yeah. still in his prime. Go get him, right? And the Dodgers got tons of money. They gave him a 12-year deal. <laughs> he's going to make over, what, $300 million, whatever, whatever it might be. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, that, that's what happens when you have that kind of cash available. Yeah. But without him, do the Dodgers win the series? Oh, no, no, It's, no, it's pretty easy to see Toronto pulling out of, or Toronto, to see Tampa Bay pulling out a six or seven game series. I don't, you know, Toronto had an excellent season, too. I'm considering they had to play their games in Buffalo when you think about it. <laughs> Just freelance now. <laughs> random association. What random and how about Justin Turner testing positive during the game? <clears throat> okay, so first off, he tested positive on the off day. The test for Game 6, that was Day 2 to make sure it wasn't a false uh, positive. And how does he get to start until they have confirmation that it's negative? I mean, the Big Ten's got stricter standards than that. Just look at the Wisconsin quarterbacks. And then, even though he's positive, he comes back out on the field unmasked. I mean, for the life of me. (laughs) What are you doing? What is the plan here? If you're going to do that, why bother testing? If you know you're positive and you've tested positive twice and you're going to go out there and hug people and take your mask off to take photos, why, why test them in the first place? It's not going to alter your behavior in the least. Well, the players and the management didn't seem to mind. They did not seem to care did at they all. they have that 
right to do that. I mean, I'm looking forward to all the lectures forthcoming now in the coming days. Yeah. The ones who've been lecturing us already are going to lecture us some more. So I'm looking forward to seeing and reading and hearing those. But what's it, what is, explain to me the point of testing if that's going to be how it goes after you test positive twice. And I don't, I don't understand. It seems like everybody else gets the test back in the morning before the games and... Well, every test had come back. Yeah, that was the, and I, the stuff. And I, I got up early this morning because I don't sleep well. But uh, that was the thing is that uh, they uh, were talking about, well, what was the reason for that delay? Yeah. And there hasn't been any answers yet. So I can't answer that question yeah. because there hasn't been an answer as to why that was. What was going on there? I, I don't know. I can't. I cannot say that. I, I really have no idea. I mean, the Monday Monday's test came back inconclusive. So the thing that's unclear is why the tests arrived after the game began, as opposed to when they do, they arrive before. That that's the issue. Kyle, I'm looking at it right now. MLB informed Turner's test from Monday came back inconclusive. Oh, really? I had read last night that it was positive. Sources so. told Jeff Passan uh. in the second inning the lab doing COVID tests informed MLB that Turner's test from Monday came back mm. inconclusive. It's unclear why the results of the test arrived after the game began, as they typically do beforehand. That's that's the issue. Yeah. Mm. Kyle Kuzma tweeting out uh, after the game, the former Ute, the Laker, uh, 2020's messing up our parades. Two titles for LA, no parades. First, you know world, be cool first world problems. At, at, a, at a time, uh, hopefully sooner than later, is they have a joint parade. Yeah, that would be good. That Seems like that's fun. a ways off, but what the heck? I know, I know, I got it, I got it. Yeah, but you're right. That would be totally different. I don't know that anybody's ever done that. I guess the only way it could have happened: basketball and the hockey crown champs pretty close together. It, the same city won, but I don't think anything like that's ever happened. Well, we know if the Jazz would have had a parade in 1998, that would have been fun because the, the Utes had one for their yep. Final Four. Yep. We've got that uh, question up on uh, social media on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. You can tweet at me, David DJ James. Does the Dodgers winning sting as much as the Lakers winning? Because LA is obviously bringing home two titles here in, uh, in pretty short order. Yeah, less than three weeks, right? All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Kind of my mindset's been that I'm going to move on, but who knows? There's a lot of things that could happen. God has a plan for me no matter where that is, no matter where I go, whether that's across the country, whether that's close to home, where I stay another year, no matter what it is, you know, we'll work it out. That's Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson quarterback, leaving the door open to the possibility of returning to play his senior year rather than entering the NFL draft. And I don't know that there's any other way to say that other than, holy cow, the Jets are a mess, and I don't want to go get beat up behind that offensive line. They're owing forever. I'll take my chances. At which point, presumably, the Jets would have to trade him. It's kind of the John Elway story 35 years later. It's the Eli Manning story 15 years later. It's the, there's got to be another quarterback I can't recall, but I can recall those two. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well. He's got a little leverage now, so yep. why not? Uh, why not play it? He's the guy. He's I, don't, the, I don't buy it, though. You think he's going to the Jets? He's not coming back. Well, no, he may. He's not coming back. I don't know if he's going to the Jets. Uh, okay, I see what you're saying. So right. I don't know if he can uh, maneuver something, and his people 
can figure something out there, assuming that the Jets go all the way, so to speak, in the wrong lose, way. Lose and everything the, and get that and number, get the one, number pick. one pick. Yeah, so what? what's the situation there? You know, if you, it is New York, though. You can make it there. I mean, realize they, they play in Jersey, but it's the same thing. It's the same, yeah. away. Uh, so if you – it's the thing that's just always baffled me forever is how these teams suck for so long. I just don't understand it. The system is set up to design for allow you to get better because of the draft and, and other ways. And I really believe if you have competent management, which in, in, it's inclusive from owner to all the front office folk, that you should be able to get better. But if you can win in New York, you know, certainly that's oh, that they've won, going yeah. to get. They've won one Super Bowl and a little more than, what is it, 54 Super Bowls now or 55? They've got one, and Joe Namath is incredibly famous because of it. Exactly. I mean, yeah. he's an absolute legend, yeah. There's and they're, no going, about it. they're going on a decade of sucking now. This yeah, is, it's uh, just amazing this, to me. This is Phoenix Suns level, um, and it's very similar to, uh, well, and it's what I was saying about the Padres, although they snapped it with a really good year. They do have the one winning season where they went 10-6, and six, and, you know, at 10-6 you should make the playoffs, but they didn't. Um, they got a couple of 8-8s, eight and eights, but one winning season in nine years. The last playoff berth was 2010, and they lost to that. Well, they had those back-to-back trips to the AFC title game in 09 and 10, and uh, lost to the Colts and Jets, and then no playoff game since. Three different yeah. coaches now with Adam Gaze presumably on the way out the door and a fourth coach on the way in. Right. So that's the uh, the big college football news is Clemson say, or Trevor Lawrence saying, yeah, I could be back at Clemson for my senior year. Uh, the University of Oregon football program announced the five players who tested positive for COVID-19 have registered back-to-back negative tests. So the original results are false positives. They did cancel a scheduled scrimmage over the weekend due to the positive tests. But uh, they're all back to a full go now. Well, I can tell you every time I'm positive, it's false, so I can relate to that. Nice. (laughs) Uh, Mississippi State star running back Kylan Hill not expected to play again this season. He's telling coaches that he is opting out, and wait for it, beginning to train for the NFL draft. It's, it's going to become a trend here, PK. And well, I support run, every one of those guys who does that. I was about to say, running backs are at huge risk for injury. If you know you're going to go high in the draft, why wouldn't you? It's their money, man. Yeah. You don't mess with anybody's money. That's why I grieve when people get laid off. It's their money. In, in addition, and it goes beyond that. Sure. It's their occupation. It's something that you know, it's you their place in society. There's a whole. To, to be able to do. For, the, for these guys, I exchanged texts with Dirk Facer uh, yesterday, and, and, and I agree for I agree for him and everybody else. It doesn't matter who you are. I agree for all of them. So this is his money. This young man has an opportunity to get it. Go get it. And Mississippi State's one and three. They're not going anywhere. It's not like they're going to end up in the SEC title game. You got three losses, and Alabama's five and zero. Oh. Yeah, you're done. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Where would you have a leadership void? Is it an experience void? Is it a talent void? Is it a leadership void? I'm not trying to be cute here. The answer is yeah. no. The answer is yeah. no. I, I'm there's asking not a, you. There's not a, well, it is shut up and let me answer. No. <laughs> Jerry Jones on the radio. Well, just shut up and let me answer. He apologized for it. And when I read it, I thought, oh, my gosh, that's harsh. But when you listen to it, it's not that harsh. No, it's not. 
<laughs> you've told me to shut up a million times, <laughs> and you've never once apologized. No, not even a little it bit. It reads a lot worse. It print. does read worse. Tone, yeah, yeah. Tone, tone matters. Tone matters. It matters a lot. Uh, Dallas uh, making uh, moves. They uh, they traded Everson Griffin to the Detroit Lions for a kid initial draft pick. Ah, well, this year's screwed. Let's get a draft pick and start rebuilding. Uh, the Ravens signed uh, Des Bryant, the former Cowboy, to their practice squad. He hadn't been in the league since 2018. Ravens have a big game coming up with the Steelers. So Huge game. Yeah, yeah it's, that's a big deal. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. So the NBA season, we've heard that they want to uh, they want to play those uh, Christmas Day games. The networks, of course, want them, and they're going to be losing money because there's going to be limited or no fans in the stands. And so get all the TV dates you can get and save whatever revenue you can. So the NBA season is supposed to start December 22nd. And Lakers guard Danny Green said he doesn't expect LeBron James and his veteran teammates to be on the floor every night if the NBA season does begin on December 22nd. Uh, he said, if we start in December, I think most guys are like, I'm not going to be there. If I had to guess, because we have a lot of vets on our team, it's not like we have a lot of young guys or rookies. To have a, that quick of a restart, I wouldn't expect to see LeBron there. I wouldn't expect to see him probably the first month of the season. Probably be working out with us, but I just don't expect guys to want to be there or show up willingly. I think at this moment, and it might be different in two weeks when guys are like, all right, I'm going to get back in the gym and start working out. We get back in the gym. It's not right to basketball. It's all right. Let me get start getting in shape, lifting a bit, start running around a bit. Then I'll pick up a ball. Man, a Christmas Day game, you got to assume the Lakers are going to be one of the ten teams playing in those five games. And no LeBron, that's not really a Christmas Day game. Apparently Danny Green thinks he has some form of leverage. Danny Green? Yeah, that's who you're talking about, right? You said Dane Green. Well, well, I meant Dane. Okay. (laughs) Dane Green. I didn't know I said Dane. I thought I said Danny. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I think that uh, he thinks that he's a critical component here. Who really gives a flying you-know-what what what Danny Green thinks? Unless he's right and he knows what LeBron thinks. Oh. I guess that's the assumption. I mean, if it's just Danny Green's opinion and LeBron shows up, you're right. This isn't what the paper is written on. But if Danny Green has had a conversation or texted with LeBron and knows what and LeBron I'm is I'm saying. sure LeBron appreciates Danny Green talking for him. Not even a little bit. Although. LeBron's got something to say. I don't think he's been shy about saying it. <laughs> for, for better or worse, no matter what you agree, if whether you agree with him or not, I don't really care. But LeBron's got something to say. He he's going to say it. He so you got to respect him for that. I mean, obviously, you respect him for his ability to play basketball. It's incredible. But whether you agree with him or not, and that's not the point here, he's got something to say. He's going to say it, whether you like it or not. And I can respect that, is that, you know, I don't necessarily agree with everything he's coming out of his mouth or his Twitter account. But nevertheless, he's got something to say. And I mean, how much time do you need? You played a couple of months. You had four or five months off. Is it really that difficult? And do I expect you? If they're talking about playing all 70 to 72, do I expect LeBron at 35 years of age, turning 36, I think, in December? I'd double check that. He's either 34 turning 35 or 35 turning 36. I mean, do I expect him to play every game? No, I, I get that. But can you can you come back after what? Uh, almost two months off? It's easy for me to say. I get it. He turns 36 December 30th. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. 
And it, it's, uh, I mean, they're paying for Christmas Day games. They're paying for stars. They're, the networks are going to expect LeBron to be there. And LeBron moved to Of course, to be, he's still to, the biggest star. Yeah, and he moved to Hollywood to be part of, I mean, he moved to L.A. to be part of Hollywood. It's like, this is elementary stuff. He knows it. So, pick your spots. If he misses a game on December 22nd and December 27th, I'm not surprised. But I expect him to play on December 25th. I expect the Lakers to be in one of those afternoon slots. You know, that's one of those days where they say, hey, we got to have the, we can't have the guys on the West Coast who are the stars playing after everyone goes to bed. Okay, well, Christmas Day is a great chance to put the Lakers at 1.30 well, in the afternoon. That's Lakers and Clippers at yeah. uh, 1.30 our time. Seems obvious to us. Yeah. Brooklyn Nets coach Steve Nash telling fans, we're playing for a championship. I don't want to say that anything less than a championship is not a success because you never know what happens in life. You never know the way the ball bounces. Fortune is a big part of winning an NBA championship. But we are playing for a championship, and we're going to build accordingly. We're going to frame everything we do in the lens of, is this a championship characteristic? Is this worth championship quality? Well, I agree with 95%. I don't agree that fortune is a big part of it. I think skill and talent is a bigger part of it. Well, is that a guy maybe who uh, saw the hip check into the boards and his best chance go by the way, who says fortune is a big part of it and sees how often the finals are impacted by which team has an injury? Yeah, that was one game. They they lost three others. And I believe Stern screwed them out of a title. (laughs) Because that was the year the Spurs swept the Nets. Oh, yeah, the, the NBA final is going to be a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. All right, DJ and PK. Or was it the Cavs? I think it was the Nets. It was the Nets. Yeah. Hashtag RSL. RSL takes on the San Jose Earthquakes tonight, 8.30. Three matches left in the season. They are below the playoff line. They desperately need a win in the full three points. The Earthquakes were uh, playing just terribly and getting blown out routinely 7-1 and 5-2. They had a bunch of hideous losses. And then for whatever reason, something clicked. They won three straight, and they've climbed above the playoff line. And honestly, I thought they were... uh, they were, it was all about 2021, I thought, for them. But somehow they won three in a row. So they're above the playoff line, so it can be done. And RSL needs to do that starting tonight. Is that a soccer term, the playoff line? Yes, it is. Okay, I wonder, because you certainly use They literally, literally in all the graphics, when they put up the graphics of all the teams, they put the line on the graphic in a match every single time so that you can see, because it's often really jammed up. You don't tend to get the separation you get in the in the NBA where the sixth place team is in no danger. Um, so, all right, DJ and PK coming up. David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst, former BYU linebacker, is going to join us at eight o'clock. Riley Jensen, our college football insider, at eight thirty. DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. Let's go. The big show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. What music reminds you of sports the most? Polka. Why? No reason. <laughs> that was on. That's another Cougar! First down! <laughs> uh, How about them jazz? <laughs> I can't think of any kind of music that I would dislike more than polka music. Oh, yeah. See, this just... Wasn't this playing in the shot heard around the world? <laughs> Giants win the pennant! The Giants win the pennant! I dreamed of that night with you. Exactly. 
The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. All right, question of the morning. Actually, PK was going nuts. We've got like uh, 23 questions up on Facebook. You can just go there and pick your favorite and uh, weigh in, and we'll, we'll go through them this morning. But with the Dodgers having just won it all, does the Dodgers winning sting as much as the Lakers winning? No, absolutely not. That is pretty much the reaction we're getting here. Uh, LeBron doesn't play for the Dodgers, so no, Aaron says. Uh, nope, doesn't hurt, Grayson says. 88 to 2020. Uh, I'm glad the cheating Astros lost before they got there. And Jeffrey says, man, I was really hoping this was the year the Bees won the World Series. They didn't take anything away from you. That is the nature of a rivalry. Somebody takes something away from you that you want to win. Well, yeah, you don't know that, though. You're assuming none of them are baseball fans? Well, we've got uh, we do have some fans here who say. Um, well, first off, we got a lot of the the Laker fans are the Dodger fans. Scott, we are the champs of the world. But uh, Cliff, I bleed Dodger blue. I love it. But down here, we have someone uh, who said he was a Rays fan. And I've lost his thing in uh, all the replies here. Oh, here it is, Rick. Yes, it's stung. I'm a Rays fan. So yes, for a small minority of people, you're right. They've got a favorite team, and the Dodgers beat them along the way. But the majority of the people, no, they don't care. Well, the majority of the people who responded, which are a very, very small minority of the folk. So, and, and it was put on Facebook, obviously, at 10 o'clock. So, uh, I think there's a lot of different baseball fans around here. Uh, or just simply the fact that, you know, I'm tired of, again, the big cities winning. I mean, Dodgers, what did they move, like 59, 58, somewhere along there, to, from Brooklyn to uh, Los Angeles? And they've won six there, right? Uh, I realize it's been 32 years. It's a long time. But there's been plenty of franchises that haven't won at all in 30-whatever, however many years they've been around. Well, let's start with Cleveland. Well, Cleveland has won. I mean, I'm I'm talking about literally never have won. Seattle, San Diego, expansion teams. Let's go. Colorado. Uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, they came in. Well, they came in the same year as the Diamondbacks, actually. Was, and that was uh, 98, somewhere along there, I think. So that's not quite, you know, that's not really that long. But the Dodgers... They make a big deal about it, but at the same time, they've been in the World Series a whole bunch of times. You know, do you take that? Because do you, do you look upon that as failure? Do you look upon the statues reign and run in Salt Lake as failure? I don't. They didn't, they didn't win at all. I understand that. But, man, they had a lot of success. And so you look upon the, the, the 32 years that the Dodgers did not win and – they still, most especially most recently, they've won the NL West eight times in a row. I mean, that's a lot of success. <laughs> you look at the Atlanta Braves when they were going, they only won one World Series. But how many times did they win that division? Didn't it seem like it was like 10 years Yep. with, with those pitchers that they had and Bobby Cox getting ejected every third game? It's like you can set your watch by it, right? So 
I don't necessarily define the the final analysis as the be all end all of success. There's you know obviously that's what you're striving for. There's no question about it. And 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 Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck and his guys, their guys, they're going f- to try to win it all. And and that's what you want. You want that. That's what I want. My and I don't really have the pro team fan thing like most folks, but. I follow these teams, obviously, intensely, and I want the management to be in it to win it. And knowing that, they're probably not going to do it. But there's still other ways you can define success. And maybe I'm off base. Maybe folks think that, nope, especially at the pro level, there's only one way to define success. As a fan, I would rather have my team in the playoffs than not. I would rather have my team in a conference or league final than not. I'd rather have them in the final. You know, I know I know it hurt for Bronco fans because they lost a bunch of Super Bowls, but rooting for a team that wasn't going to the Super Bowl very often, well, one time, uh, I'd rather be there and lose it. You can't win it if you're not in it. The whole, oh, we won this, and but now we're going to lose in the series. I'd rather they didn't win it. That never made any sense to me. I mean, you're, uh, you're right. You're playing to win the championship, and it's pro sports, but if you can't win it, I'd rather be in the Super Bowl, the World Series, and the NBA Finals than not. I just I want my team, when I say team, I'm talking player, coach, front office folk. I want them all to be committed, and I want nothing to get in the way of winning. And then I can accept the results because obviously only one is doing it, and it's very hard to do, particularly in basketball, you know. When you don't, when you have to have the best guys, and, and to, to me, this Laker title, it's a, it soured me, man. I could live with the others, even though the others were somewhat orchestrated to one degree or another. But this one here, that they got a couple weeks ago, it seems totally orchestrated. It just it seemed like, well, wait a second here, the standard ways in which you're building teams, they didn't really follow them. And so it's not like it doesn't count because uh, you speak to a Laker fan, he's going to tell you, and she's going to tell you, yeah, it counts. But somehow for me, it, it doesn't mean as much as the others because of the way they acquired the two guys at the top. Well, you hell, you could do anybody who could do that. You could go get those two guys, any franchise, put them literally on any franchise. You mentioned how the Suns have sucked for a good long while, but I still think you put those two on the Suns today, the Suns got enough talent to win the NBA title with guys like Booker and, to a lesser extent, a couple of the other guys like Aiton. You put those two guys at the top, Suns are instant, if not the favorite, to win it all. It's the nature of basketball. If your top two players are that good, you know it makes the game so much easier for the role players, and there's usually a lot of role players out there who can do a little bit and, and help you get there. Right, and, and the way they acquired those two guys, so I that's can't what say it comes it's dirty, but yeah, it's just, it just doesn't. Uh, yeah, you can. I don't think I you can, can say it on LeBron. LeBron's free agent, and it's the rules. It may it may suck that LeBron seems like a hired gun because he's going from Cleveland to Miami to Cleveland to L.A. It does, but it's suck. totally it legit suck. It by does the sick. right. But it's totally legit by the rules. It leaves a sour taste in your mouth. You don't like it. Yeah, you can say that hundred percent. But. The way they went out and got their second star in AD, come on, that wasn't by the rules. Oh, but, well, they they yeah, tampered, the they said we wanted him, and leveraged his way out. The, the New Orleans didn't have to trade him. They did not the, have to trade they him. They kind of did. No, they didn't. <laughs> well, they're just going to let well, him walk? They didn't have, well, they didn't have to trade him to the Lakers. 
They're, they're, they're absolutely not. They didn't have to trade him to the Lakers whatsoever. But the Mookie trade, while it's still an awesome player that changes the balance of power, it's a money deal, but like LeBron, it's totally legit and by the rules. It just leaves a sour taste in people's mouth because, you know, there's, I don't know, 15, 20, 25 teams, whatever it is, that can't afford him. Well, it's not just that. It's not about affording Mookie bets. It was about unloaded David Price's contract, and Price opted out. Uh, so he wasn't there. People forget that. Yeah. But that was the big deal. The Mookie Betts thing was a no-brainer. Uh, but it was, you need to take this guy, too, who's got this massive contract and is clearly, clearly on the downside, where Betts, I think he's 27 years of age, he's actually coming into his prime. So the Betts portion of it was no it was an absolute of course. It was the other stuff that went along with it that the other guys would have struggles accepting because you got to pay him all this cash, and he's not nearly worth it to the value you're getting, whereas bets, whatever you're paying him, you're getting the value back. So that's that's the part, and that's, yeah, big money that the Dodgers have. I mean, my gosh, you know, they roll out 40,000, 50,000 every game, not this year, obviously, but they've always been one of the leaders, if not the leader in attendance and, and all the stuff that they got going on for them. So that's like one of these franchises where you have to get in the way in order not to be good. You have to just uh, spite yourself, really, when you think about it. So, But then, yeah, but the, there's still other ways to compete I mean, because the Rays are on the opposite end of the spectrum. In basketball, there's really no other ways to compete. You're not getting a bunch of underpriced guys and going very far. It just doesn't work that way. We're in baseball. For all the crap that baseball takes, and, and it's so predictable, and Mike Trout only bats once every four weeks, and, and the average age of the fan is 187 years of age, and blah, 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 blah. And here are the Rays within a one, out, one or two outs of possibly producing a seventh game. You don't get that even close in the NBA. There's no such thing as a Cinderella in the NBA. It's all the big dogs. So the Dodgers, that 32-year streak was the uh, – what was that about? Were there about t- it looks like there are about 10 teams, uh, nine teams. I guess they had the 10th longest streak without winning at all. Does it strike you as incompetence no. or just bad, bad fortune, especially with the Astros? Maybe the incompetence part was the first 10 or 15 years of the streak when they were rarely uh, even a playoff exactly team. That's exactly what I was going to say. And now they're just routinely a playoff owners. team. Yeah, who did the, the McCourts? Yeah, before it was really before. the worst was when yeah. uh, Fox owned them. That was, yeah, that was, that, the, that, that was the worst. Those two ownerships track. after the O'Malley's got out, was it an inheritance tax and all that stuff that yeah. they, they decided to, uh, to unload the team? Yeah, so there, there was bad management, certainly. Uh, but in recent times here, obviously the last eight years, uh, they've had a great run, and they, they didn't get it done in terms of winning it all. But then you look back, and the numbers on Kershaw, they're startling as far as when he pitched in Houston and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so there's something there. And then you and I can't go too crazy this year on the guys' performances, but clearly there was a precipitous drop. Now, it was only two-month season, and they did well in the postseason, speaking of the Astros lineup. But you look at their numbers, and it is eyebrow-raising. Like, oh, wait a second. Get, but I, I want to see a 162-game season. I still think those guys, Springer, Bregman, Altuve, Correa, I still think they're quality guys, 
even if they knew the pitch was coming. And I do think knowing when the pitch was coming is a what pitch is coming is a major advantage. I just remember Mike Trout, who is a man of few words, and they asked him, "Would you like to know the pitches?" And he just looked in the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Barry Bonds, I'm coming for your number. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't really say anything, but he said a million things without really just, just yeah, <laughs> like the way he said it, you know, and that was so trout because he's just not uh, a guy of just spotlight dude, look at me, and a flamboyant dude and all that stuff. We know how he is, a hell of a player, but he's not somebody to just be so verbose and all that stuff. Doesn't have a whole lot to say. And so, but I just remember when he looked in the camera and just kind of laughed and snickered. Like, yeah, my gosh. And uh, Stanton said he'd hit 75 home runs, speaking of himself, if he knew the pitches. And I don't doubt that those guys would be off the charts and they're already very good if they would have known the pitches. So you can argue L.A. got screwed to an extent and now now they got it done. What's crazy, man, that 32 years? Yeah. So that when they won it in 88, I was playing Daily Breeze softball literally that night. Then we had the radio and we could hear Scully and the, we were playing at Wilson Park in Torrance. And if you would have told me, that A, they go 32 years without winning another title. I would have said no way. And then, if you would have told me, I would be in Sandy, Utah the next time they won a title. <laughs> wow, man. Crazy where life takes you. So if I told you where I was when that game started and where I was when that game ended, <laughs> BK, what's your, what's your favorite school when you're looking for a random school to talk uh, college football Chico State. Yes! That's where I was when the game started. <laughs> when Canseco hit the Grand Slam in the first inning, I was in Chico, California, calling a UC Santa Barbara football game. And we flew back, and I think we landed like the fifth or sixth inning. And I went straight to the uh, station, and I think I was there in the seventh inning, I think. And uh, then watched the last three and had to do a Dodger postgame show because we were a, a Dodger radio station. So we did, we did the... Uh, the the Gaucho game was in the afternoon and the and the World Series game was at night. It was awesome. <laughs> and I, you're right. I would have never guessed 32 years. Okay, real quick, we're up against it. But the other streaks, um, it, it sucks to have a long streak. But sometimes it's understandable. Sometimes it's just bad management, and this team should have done it over 32 years. I'm going to give you the other teams in the years and just your gut reaction of whether you understand or not. Are you ready? Go. Mets, 34. No. Tigers, 36. No. Orioles, 37. No. Pirates, 41. No. Mariners, 44. Mm, no, but not a strong no. Padres, 52. No, but not a strong no. Brewers, 52. No, but that's not a strong no. Rangers, 60. Uh, yes. Indian 72. 72, no. <laughs> 72 years without the title. They won it in 48. No. Uh, the other four that, there at the end, the Rangers, Brewers, Padres, and Mariners, never. You're just going back to when the franchise started. So right. why the no but not as strong on the Brewers and Padres just because they're smaller markets? And well, they don't have money? a history. Oh, clearly, yeah. Well, but, the Brewers do. The Brewers do. I take, you know, the Brewers had some moments. They were pretty good. They lost uh, a seven-game series to the Cardinals at some point in the early 80s. Well, yeah, when they had Molitor and Yout, 
Yep. <laughs> those guys were, were really good. I mean, the, the, both of those guys are Hall of Famers. And uh, the Brewers, they used to train in Sun City, and my mother worked at a local golf course in a cafeteria there. So she got to know a lot of the Brewers. They would come in to eat there. Mm-hmm. My mother was an excellent cook. She got the Harvey's Wall Bangers. So she uh, she got she got to know those Brewers teams back then. The uh, Mariners are the only team that hasn't been to the World Series. At least everybody else has had uh, you know close calls at some point. The, the Mariners Mar- had Randy Johnson, Alex Rodriguez, and I'm missing some other guy. What's his name? Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, yeah. Was a one guy named Junior. <laughs> And Edgar Martinez left. fans are upset you didn't throw him in there. Well, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, too, but he <laughs> yep. was just a hitter. The other guys were uh, a pitcher and two phenomenal right. position players. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're talking football with David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst, former Cougar linebacker. He's coming up in about 15 minutes right here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports. When you look at Zach Wilson, nobody anticipates that he'll win a Heisman Trophy, but what are the odds he might be sitting next to a Heisman Trophy winner in New York? I don't even know if they're going to have it in New York. He could be sitting in uh, Draper on Zoom in December. (laughs) I think you put it in the right context. He could win the Heisman Trophy, but I would think the odds are minuscule. He has a good chance, I would say, right now to be a Heisman finalist. First of all, because he's performed and his team has performed. Individual performance is obviously the most important part of the Heisman. Team performance is a huge part. I mean, think back to Alex Smith when he finished second in the Heisman. A lot of that was because Utah was such a big story, and they were undefeated that year in 04. So that compelled everybody to have to watch. Regardless, like he has earned every bit of the praise. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's back. The Utah Snowmobile Expo is this weekend. Scotty G and Hans Olsen will be there Thursday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. with interviews from vendors featuring all the new machines and gear for this year. Don't miss this year's show at the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy, brought to you by Spy Racing and Snow West Magazine. PK, you grew up in Arizona and Southern, you lived in Southern California. I'm thinking you don't snowmobile. I have. I have a couple times too, but it's not it's not in our DNA. Yock's in there giggling at us. He's a Utah lifer. I'll bet he snowmobiles. He's nodding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, you can check that out Thursday, uh, ten to two. Those are Idaho guys. You know they're all about the snowmobiling. Hey, you'd be socially distanced. You'd be outdoors in the winter. That's a win. Snowmobiling. I'd be up this year. All right, PK. I I knew I was going to see this when I logged onto Facebook. I didn't want to see it, but I'll give you your minute in the sun here. It's not my minute. No, it's your minute. It's not mine, <laughs> and it's well, got no, our name on it. DJ and PK. You're wrong. You've been wrong about this forever. Uh, not really. No. Oh, dead on. Totally wrong. The proof is in the pudding, man. Conclusive evidence. Saved by the bell. Getting uh, the old restart. Make it a comeback. 32 years after starting. If this doesn't prove its greatness, then what does? I know. It was legendary then, and people want it now. And it's legendary now. Rick I don't know says, why you, you're going to die on this hill. I am. Rick says Tiffany Amber Thiessen is probably hotter than ever. And then people start 
posting uh, gifts of her and whatever she's acting in now. I don't care. She's fine. She's good looking. Great. We got all that. But that's not what it's about. I mean, come on. That's superficial. She's, she's pushing 50 years old and she's a mother. She's hot. I mean, great. whoop de doo Brady says, amen, PK. Yeah. I mean, when you're invoking uh, religious uh, theocracy, huh? saved by the bell. Yeah. Amen. That's religious theocracy. You freaking heathen. I don't think you're using the word theocracy right. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. Is You're right, because you don't think. I it's agree. a very valid point, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's a religious this word. Was, I don't know if it's a religious. This thing was a legend back in the day, and they're bringing it back. It's a demand. This thing had a very nice niche back in its day. On oh, Saturday and the Beatles TV. had a very nice niche. Oh, don't compare Saturday morning TV <laughs> to the Beatles revolutionizing music. <laughs> you say you want a revolution. Bring back Saved by the Bell. See how I bailed For out at the right point, folks Yuck? who don't like it, they all can go to hell. You know it's going to be all right. That wasn't bad. Good work by you. <laughs> you didn't know you were going there either. Nice. I never know where you I'm never going. <laughs> All right. Not everybody's on board with Team PK. There's some people on board with Team DJ. Like, Saved by the Bell. That was a nice little Saturday morning TV show in its day. It's great for the, uh, what, do they, what do they call those? The, the tweens? Not the teens, but like the 11 to 14-year-olds or whatever. That's who the show is. I prefer to refer to them now as the intellectually superior adults. Okay. Devin says, PK, you have a problem and you should seriously seek therapy. On a side note, it was great in its time, but not 32 years later. How do you know? You haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. How can you say that? He gives you a simmer down. I don't think I've heard simmer down since my mom was melting that out when she really wanted to yell what your mom wanted to yell, but she didn't want to yell it. (laughs) My mom did yell it. Right. Uh, Simmer down? I didn't choose to bring it back. There's two things that I want to be known. When this radio show ends in 15, 20 years from now, (laughs) I want to be known as he identified Saved by the Bell long before everybody else did, and he knew long before the dictionary that irregardless was a word. (laughs) <laughs> Two things that go on your tombstone. Yeah. Irregardless, Saved by the Bell was great. Just simply, he knew. Come on. I've been proven right on that. And another thing, too. You all got on me for not memorizing the text line. And I kept saying, why? <laughs> and who won out there? Let's play all thank the you. Go ahead. Thank you. And let me thank you one more time. Kevin says, I had good memories of watching Saved by the Bell as a kid. I watched it recently as an adult, and it does not, all caps, does not hold up. Oh, Oh, it does too. Just a couple years back, they brought down Mr. Belding. I threw out the first pitch with him at the Bees game. We both, they they said, we know you're a big Saved by the Bell fan, so get out here. And I went out there. (laughs) 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 Okay, my guess is it was one of two people. Well, it could have been three, but one of two people probably said that to you. Who was it? 
I don't remember, honestly, but I just remember they, they just got in touch with me and said, hey, we need you to get out here because Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell is going to be here. I had my picture taken with him, and it was funny because we're underneath, and they gave us a, a Buzz or Beast jerseys to wear, and he says to the, to the PR gal, I don't even remember who it was, he says, man, my arm's really sore. You got any ibuprofen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And she looked at me, and I said, nah, heater's good to go. Clowky <laughs> as my witness, I freaking painted the black from 60 feet, 6 inches. I didn't move up. I was on the mound, on the rubber. There was no balk, and I painted the black. I figured, it now, was either, I? I figured it was either Clowky reached out to you or Mark Amicone. I, Mark honestly, listen, I don't remember. Mark listens to the show enough. He probably heard your Saved by the Bell nonsense. He knows. Mark knows. Mark knows a lot more than he lets on. It's not. How nonsense. do you explain the show coming? You know, I've known Mark Lamacone for years. Yeah. So absolutely, yeah, I knew him back when he worked for Utah, and then we had some interaction at the high school level. So absolutely, I know the family. Uh, how do you explain them coming back if it's nonsense? They don't bring back nonsense. It was a nice little Saturday morning show. It's a brand, and in this era with visit with uh, viewers spreading out everywhere. There's a million nice little Saturday morning brand. shows. They didn't bring them back. What, what a million more? Give Thank me some you. other morning Saturday morning shows. I don't even know what they are, honestly. Right. So what's the difference if you don't know what they are? Why bother mentioning them? Because you because don't know I what don't, they are. I, I think of all the Saturday morning shows. Saved by the Bell was king of its little uh, little castle there. And they're going to bring it back 32 years they're, later, they're, Devin. You're only bringing something back that's special. If the Beatles played today, they could go to every Michigan big house stadium and sell out 150 nights in a row. Saved by the Bell. They're bringing it back. 150 episodes. The parallels are striking. Uh, they're not bringing back HR Puff and stuff, I'll tell you that. There's a lot of drug Precisely. humor in that show. As a little uh, eight-year-old, that went right over my head. But you see clips later, you're like, holy cow, how did the network of green light that? I guess somebody... Didn't go right over my head. I had sophistication <laughs> at eight. <laughs> you did not. All right, DJ and PK, David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst. Coming up next, the former Cougar linebacker, Riley Jensen, the college football insider at 830. Stay with us.